Hello coders, welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful devs about their advice on learning to code and getting your first developer job. My guest today is Darren Doria, who is a senior front-end engineer at a company called Wistia and a part-time YouTuber. I am super excited to bring you this episode because for a while now, I've wanted to bring on a senior dev to chat about what they look for in new developers when filtering down candidates for a junior or intern position. This is kind of like an insider's perspective, so you have some idea about what to expect. I also challenged Darren and asked him questions like if he were a junior dev, what kind of things would he look for in a company? Because often when you are a junior dev, you sometimes feel grateful for the opportunity, which is fine, but you're awesome as well. And an interview should be a two-way conversation. Personally, I feel like the best scenario is one where you earn to learn and have ample growth opportunities. Darren and I discussed that in a bit, but for now, let's get into it. Hey, Darren, welcome to the Scrimba podcast. It's so great to have you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You started off your career, I think, as an intern working as a developer. Can you tell us what an intern is and how it's different from a junior dev? Yeah, so th- this is a great question. It's hard to kind of differentiate on like from the outside if you if you haven't either worked as a junior or an intern position. The way I'd like to categorize it, and this might vary from company to company, is when you're looking at it from the point of an employer, when you're hiring an intern, there's the expectation of there's more mentorship involved. So you expect somebody who's coming in to not have as much knowledge, maybe just know the core principles of of coding, like maybe it's like the syntax and how to write a for loop, like that, that sort of stuff. But there's the expectation that they're going to need a lot of like handholding early on and a lot of resources from either one or multiple devs on the team to bring that person up to speed. Whereas with the junior, there's more expectation that they'll actually contribute to projects earlier on in their onboarding. And of course, there's still going to be devs helping them out, but it'll be way less handholding, more like distant coaching, maybe more like peer programming, maybe like not as uh, longer sessions, I'd say. And then I think the the big one too is like probably the pay. Like interns, I think, should still get paid. They're probably going to be paid on an hourly basis because most of them are in school. Whereas a junior, like that person is expecting a full-time salary. That is their job. They're doing that full-time. Do you have an opinion about which is maybe better to pursue? Often when I've heard about internships, it's normally for people coming out of the computer science route, like through the university, they'll often find internships. A lot of people listening, I think, are like self-taught and perhaps aren't coming from that background. Is it worth comparing the two? Like, should someone consider an internship or would they be better off going the junior developer route, do you think? I don't like tying the idea of an intern being a student. You don't really need that requirement. There are certain cases where like maybe an internship or I think a better way to phrase it is like an apprenticeship because there's that expectation where like you will be like shadowing someone. So yeah, so for someone in school, definitely an internship is probably the better route because you can work hourly and you can focus on your studies. Most people who come out of a boot camp, for example, or are self-taught, they're trying to make some sort of income like fairly quickly, right? Like they most likely made a career shift or they have like bills to pay, right? For them, an internship or like an hourly role that may not have like the same benefits of a full-time salary just isn't going to cut it. But I'd say if that is something that you don't need right away and you can make be put off for a little bit, it can probably still be a great learning experience if you can find an internship at a company who has a framework around their internship program. 
it sounds like you had a very positive and successful experience as an intern. I actually want to point out that you've made a YouTube video talking about your whole experience getting the internship, doing the test project and more. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes for anybody to check it out. I highly recommend it. What you told me is that after that internship, you had such a positive experience, you actually wanted to play a part mentoring the next batch of interns. And so you got to help newer developers find success in their own career. And I think that's a super interesting vantage point. What do you think separated the successful interns from the, shall we say, not so successful interns? For me, the biggest thing was actually wasn't the coding or like technical abilities. The biggest things were like the ability to learn quickly. Those are like the things I would always look for. Because again, when you're hiring an an intern on board, like I don't expect interns to know very much. That's not an expectation that I have bringing someone on board. What I'm looking for is someone who's eager to learn that can learn quickly and pick up topics like fairly quickly and displays like other very like simple characteristics, like things that you don't have to have like technical skills to be good at, like showing up to work on time and just like being present, knowing when to ask for help and being good at communication. Those sorts of things are are the things that really separate an average intern from, from someone who's like really great. I definitely anticipate a lot of people being surprised. They're like, hey, man, I thought to get a good coding job, I just had to be a good coder. But something that comes up over and over again in interviews on this podcast and books about soft skills is just how important those communication skills are and the ability to collaborate and things like that. What's your take, Darren? Like, what is the importance of communication skills versus coding skills? Anything that you do on the job that isn't the coding skills are usually the more important ones, I'd say, because those are the ones that you can't teach somebody. Like, you can't teach them sometimes, but they're just like way harder. The technical skills anyone can pick up, you can watch a tutorial, you can like read a book. But for someone to have good communication and be able to explain complex topics and break them down and have that like patience to help other teammates, that is what really makes a developer stand out. And that's really what levels up your career later on. You reach a point where you know almost anything there is to know to a certain degree. Like you're obviously not going to know everything just because in tech, there's always so much new stuff, but you reach a point of diminishing returns, let's say, where there's no point in learning more because you're just kind of like crowd your headspace. So what ends up happening is you end up learning how to learn really quickly. So you can pick up new topics on the fly. That's kind of one of the things that as you get more senior in your career, you you kind of like pick up and, and start getting good at. And once you have that skill, the, really the only thing that's blocking your ceiling from growth is those like soft skills, is being able to communicate, being able to to work with others, like seamlessly helping others, like th- that sort of stuff is what takes your career to the next level and like really has no ceiling to how much you can grow. And then when you're trying to get your foot in the door in the first place, people are making a sort of character judgment about you based on not necessarily your technical skills because they matter, right? It's a technical job, but being new to the industry, the expectation isn't always going to be that high. So instead they are going to look to these attributes like how teachable are you? Are you humble? Are you eager to learn? How hardworking are you? One thing I think the tech industry as a whole puts emphasis on is whenever you're doing like a junior developer or any other developer role, 
they place so much emphasis on those technical skills in the interview process. It kind of makes them seem like they're more important than, than those other skills we talked about, right? I don't think they put as much emphasis on in the interview process. And like I said, that's what's going to like really help you out in, in your career later on. Do you have any advice about how to improve those soft skills before you actually get the job? Man, that's a good question. It's tough, right? Yeah, most of those things come from working with others. You know, if you're just like in your room coding all day, like trying to learn how to code, you're not going to be able to, to develop those. So I'd say any experience in the workforce, like just having any sort of job is going to start building up those skills. Like any job that you have to work with others at all. And it doesn't have to be like a business or corporate job. When I started out before I got my internship, I worked at a retail store and I worked or like a clothing store and a bookstore. I didn't know it at the time, but just working with others and collaborating in that environment, I didn't think would matter much to my career. But those are definitely like building blocks for working with others, like being humble. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is just like looking out for others and offering help whenever you can, which again, isn't a, isn't a technical skill. That's very encouraging advice because if someone's listening and they have some past experience in a different industry, sometimes it's tempting to feel like you are starting from the very beginning. But actually, more of that experience, even though it might seem totally unrelated at times, you can transfer it to improve your opportunity at getting a really cool developer job. Yeah, I think that's what makes certain bootcamp grads so good at their jobs once they land tech jobs, because there's certain like adjacent fields that they may have worked in prior, especially if they're very social jobs that they worked in before. Like once you once you picked up those technical skills, you're like unstoppable. Yeah. Imagine working as a customer service person and having to deal with angry customers when a product manager asks you to like do something you don't want to do, probably your patience is way beyond that, right? Like you're just much more robust to these kind of situations. Yeah. And usually someone who's worked with customers is good at working with others and working with their coworkers as well, right? Like you said, they have that patience. So it works wonders how, how much that gets you in, in your career. If you are enjoying this episode of the Scrimba podcast, please do us at Scrimba a favor and recommend this episode or the podcast to your friends. Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like. So thanks in advance. Next week on the Scrimba podcast, Eric Hanchert, aka Programming with Eric on YouTube, talks candidly and inspiringly about his coding journey from really grinding and tanking rejections at the early days of his career to now thriving and working as a front-end engineer at Amazon Web Services, authoring a published book on Vue.js and running a YouTube channel with almost 100,000 subscribers. One of my first text jobs, it was an all-day interview and I remember being so nervous just going through one whiteboarding interview after another and then halfway through the day, they took me to lunch. I'm sitting there, everybody's talking around me. Nobody's talking to me. So I literally knew at that point, like maybe this interview isn't going very well. And I think the last interview of the day was like with HR and they were asking me questions about what I worked on in school. And I told them, oh, I worked on this project. Like, oh really? You're the person that worked? I didn't think you worked on that project. Like, yeah, yeah, I worked on this project. But they were a little dismissive of me. And so I went home like, oh my gosh, like this was my dream job out of school. I thought this could have been the job that propelled me in probably like three weeks later they finally said I didn't get it and I was crushed and I kind of took that as my first rejection first time trying to get a job 
and just kind of fuel of like, okay, why didn't I do well? I wrote down a notebook, all the things, all the different parts of the interviews, the questions I was asked, so I understood how to answer them correctly in the future. And then I kind of took this approach at the time of just trying to get better at interviewing. My idea was like, let's go out there, interview places, get better at interviewing, get better at rejection because it doesn't reflect anything on you personally. You should never take it personally. It's just something that happens. It's a skill that you need to get better at. That's next Tuesday on the Scrimber podcast. So make sure you subscribe to see it in your feed and support the podcast. Back to the interview with Darren. Say I'm a junior developer looking for a job at a company. What kind of things should I be looking out for? If it's your first job, you want a place that has a history of hiring juniors that's going to know how to work with with junior developers. Because again, that's a time commitment from the company's perspective, right? A company hiring specifically a junior role is signaling that we know we're hiring someone um, in an entry-level position and we're willing to put the time in to help bring you up to speed and level you up in your career. There's that mutual understanding right from the start that, hey, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to write some code and I'm, and I'm going to work on this product or what have you. But I'm also in return receiving not only a paycheck, but that mentorship and that, that sort of like guidance from other developers on the team. Whereas there's other jobs that put out entry level roles. Um, just to signal that they're paying less maybe, but they expect like someone's going to hit the ground running and start like working on everything from day one when that that's just not the case. And it, and it's misleading and it ends up hurting the, that junior developer that's applying for that job. So I'd say, um, when you're in your interview process, if it's a bigger company, usually that's a signal, well, they're going to have more devs, they're going to have more resources to put. But if you, if you're able to hit the interview process, one of the questions I'd ask is what sort of framework they have in place to help their junior developers succeed. I think people should take note of that. That's a great, when people, often in the interview, you get opportunity to ask some questions. People sometimes forget that an interview is like a mutual thing. It's not just them evaluating you. You have an opportunity to see if it'll be a good fit between you. That's very important to remember. What is your take on so many junior developer positions, advertising, looking for something like, you know, three or four, even two or three years experience? Is this quite dangerous or something? Because they're probably looking for someone more experienced than maybe looking to offer them a junior rate salary. Why do companies do this? Like, it's quite shocking at times. Like, it's hard to understand is what I mean. I'd say the anything over like two years it's kind of weird for like a junior position because again, like if you've had two years to work at a company and develop those skills, you're probably just like veering more towards out of that junior phase. So anything more than that, it's like kind of unrealistic to be like, oh, you're still a junior dev. Not all time at a company is equal in that sense. For example, like two years at a startup, at a small startup where you work with like a close team and you're able to jump between roles, like you're, you're going to gain experience way faster just by like the very needs of the company and working on more things things, probably more like mission critical things versus you working at a very large company where they have you taking like small task after small task and you're increasing in skill like very slowly, like very incrementally versus like at a startup, you're just like pushed into the deep end, if you will. Right. And it's like sink or swim, like you're going to have to learn that. And it's really going to like stretch and pull you to grow. But I think it's pretty safe to say, like, after two years at a company, you're already out of that junior phase. Yeah, most of the time, like at some of these bigger companies, the, the people that are writing these job posts may not be the people that are doing the interviews for them, that are actually conducting the interviews. 
Sometimes they have a separate like hiring department that's in charge of writing those and they just miss the mark on the amount of years or they just default to three to five years or five years experience, which again, like hurts their chances of, of getting more candidates. That's one thing to keep in mind. Like when you're applying, if you think you fit the bill, you can just apply anyway. There's no hurt in, in doing that, right? Like submit your application. If you get a no, then okay, then you can, then you can move on, but there's no hurt in trying. It's hard, isn't it? Like measuring experience is hard to be objective. And what most recruiters or teams are doing is like shortlisting effectively. And so they resort on kind of arbitrary things like years experience. But, you know, time doesn't necessarily correlate to experience. You could have a much more intense experience like you describe. And it doesn't apply to the individual anyway. I completely agree with you, Darren. Like if you meet or you feel like you'd be a good fit for it, just apply. And yeah, what's the worst they can do? Say no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You already don't have the job. So like if you apply and you get a no, then you still don't have the job. So no, nothing lost. Right now you work as a senior developer at Wistia on the player component, which is a sick product, by the way. I've used it at a previous company working on a project. What should junior developers know about senior developers? Like, what's the difference between them? Are they scary? <laughs> like, what, what should people know? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, ideally, like, once you hit the senior developer title, if you will, not only have you, like, developed those, like, technical skills where, like, you're writing code and you're able to, like, read and understand code um, and, like, maybe, like, working on, like, features back to back, you're usually a little more independent. So you're able to work on projects earlier on and sort of like help out roadmap and estimate how long things will take and maybe a little bit of like architecture and like early input on projects, which again, that just comes from experience. Like, oh, I've, I've worked on something similar to that. Yeah, sure. That's going to take about four weeks for me to, to build out, test and deploy. Then there is the set of skills where you're usually able to help others out. Like there's an inherent um, expectation where you're helping devs with less experience come up to speed. So there's like that mentorship aspect of that, like pair programming aspect where you're you're hopping on calls with others, you're you're unblocking other folks. You're probably diving into bugs that are a little bit like more nuanced and and will take up a little bit more time for you to debug. So that's that's kind of like the realm of things outside of just being a developer that that probably bring you up into the senior developer role. The biggest thing for me is like that really make you good at that role is the the soft skills like the communication with not only folks on the engineering team but folks on in other departments right like communication with customer support communication with the product and design teams because the more you can help out and share that engineering knowledge with others you're just going to help the organization in in like huge ways that you don't see in the moment and really like hitting that senior role is like it's something that that kind of just happens like you never hit a point where it's like now you're senior now you do all of these things it's more or less like you've developed into this role where you're able to do these things now and therefore you're given the senior title if that makes sense no totally at least that's the way it's happened to me in my career and the way i've seen it happen to other people that's awesome i think it'd be cool one day in the future to like have you back on the podcast and talk about that transition who knows maybe like by then someone listening to this original episode will be a little bit closer to that experience. Yeah. <laughs> you do have a computer science degree, right, Darren? Yeah. Yep. What do you think? How important is it to have a computer science degree in 2021? You definitely don't need it to get a job. I think that's the short answer. Like you don't need it to get a job as a developer. It doesn't prove that you know more about development than than, than any other software developer. So 
go through a computer science degree if that's something you want personally for yourself. At least for me, like I've always leaned more like on the academic side and like going through that tra traditional route. So for me, that was just a very natural progression. That's always kind of like the way I saw things going for me. But with that said, I've, I've worked with several people who don't have degrees. And I actually couldn't tell you on my team right now or like with people who I've worked with in the past, like three or four years who actually has degrees because no one asks that, like no one, no one really cares. It's not even something that comes up as a subject. In that sense, it's actually very, very comforting if you're looking at making a shift into the industry. You've made two huge insights I've got from this call, I think. Um, the first one you said about if you've had two years of experience, you're probably basically beyond a junior dev already. And, and you're spot on. Like when you join a startup or a technology company and you your first day on the job, people aren't like, hey, what school did you go to? Like, that's not the culture at all. Like, it never, ever comes up. I think the only fields that, that would be more leaning towards a degree would probably be, be those that focus more on research. So I think like early on at the top companies like Google or what have you, they were hiring certain fields for like machine learning and AI, but they were hiring like masters and, and doctorates in computer science and people who had really focused years and years of research into these fields. So nowadays that sort of tech is more accessible. Like these days you're seeing AI in everything. That's because there's like APIs now just to use like add AI to your product. Again, there there always be like very specific fields, but for just for the general like front end, back end, software developer, or like maybe like mobile, like iOS or Android dev, you can break into those fields without a degree. Darren, you started a YouTube channel towards the end of last year. Can you tell us a bit about it, like your motivation behind starting it and what kind of videos you're making? I'd love it if people checked it out, basically. I started the channel because mainly I, I've always liked working with like video and just like the video recording and, and editing process to that degree. There's a few videos that I've seen that have sort of like inspired me to, to like share that knowledge. And I've been wanting to share like projects and updates on stuff that I'm working on, like maybe outside of work. And I've been meaning to do that in like written blog format, but I'm like not motivated at all to write most of the time. So I find like making videos is just like a way easier outlet for me. You got some cool videos, like one about creating a React number animation, like the Robin Hood app. I've watched that. It's a very cool, satisfying animation to achieve. You've got some videos on VS Code extensions and, you know, there's a small overlap between what you can teach on YouTube and what you can teach on Scrimba. But the thing that's cool about YouTube is that you have a video, uh, like a code with me video, like a time lapse of music and stuff. So if you're in a slump or you want to feel extra productive, you can play that and code along with Darren. And it's a really satisfying video to watch. I'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Those, so some of those videos have helped me get out of slumps and feel a little bit inspired to work on, on personal projects. So. That was kind of the goal with, with those sorts of videos. Darren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Alex, for having me. Appreciate it. That was Darren Doria, a senior engineer at Wistia and part-time YouTuber. You can bet there's a link to Darren's YouTube channel in the show notes. I highly recommend you check it out and subscribe if you haven't already. Coming up next time on the Scrimmer podcast, Eric Hanscher joins me to talk about his advice for junior programmers in 2021 based on everything he's learned. Make sure you subscribe so you see it in your feed and support the Scrimba podcast.
This episode was edited by Jan Osenovic, and I'm your host, Alex Booker. You can follow me on Twitter at Booker Codes, where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimber. See you next week.